0: Over to Wilson. Clock starts. Back to Banks. 8 to go. Denzel Banks. Can he win it again? Banks. Kicks it out to Wilson. Lines Darley for the title. Bang! The greatest comeback in the history of the NJAC. For the first time in a decade. NJCU is your conference champion.
1: And that's the way it sounded on New Jersey City University's online broadcast on Gothic Vision. A three-pointer by Caitlin Darley at the buzzer to give New Jersey City University a 79-77 victory over Stockton in the NJAC Men's Basketball Championship game. At least that's what Ira Thor's call would have sounded like had the NJCU players not severed the cables during their celebration following the gothic Knights' wild win coming back from 21 down to stun stockton at the buzzer ira thor the senior director of university communications he has been there forever he is an institution and i thank him for bringing on my guest today on the tri-state college basketball podcast hello everyone i'm brian de this is episode six of the Tri-State College Basketball Podcast, history made at New Jersey City University this spring when not only did the men's basketball team capture its 13th NJAC championship in dramatic fashion, the most of any school in the conference, I might add, but the women also won their first NJAC conference title ever. Here to talk about both championships are the head coaches of the winning teams, men's coach Mark Brown, women's coach Pat Devaney, Gentlemen, welcome.
2: Thanks for having us. My
1: Thanks pleasure. For us awesome. Guys, it is so nice to talk to you, Pat. I want to begin with you because you made history with the women's team, right? Your team defeated Montclair State 64-60 in the women's NJAC final. Not only that, but it's the first time you ever won at Montclair State. You took over a program 3 years ago that was 0 and 21. Coach, could you have ever envisioned doing this in just three years?
0: Not in three years. I thought I'd be able to get it done in five years. You know, God is good. And mm-hmm. without the grace of God, none of this none of this is possible. But uh, I just want to thank the hiring committee because there's some <laughs> geniuses over there, that, that hiring committee.
1: So. The hiring committee. Well, well uh, one, Coach Brown was the chair of that hiring committee. So I guess he's thanking you, Coach Brown. It looks like you made a good choice.
2: Yeah. uh, You know, my goal as the chair of the committee was to bring the best candidate on board uh, because I was actually present for a lot of those down years and it wasn't a, wasn't a pretty sight. So I've known Pat obviously for a long time since he was a child watching me running on the court at halftime when I was playing in pro leagues. And um, you know, obviously he played three years for me, three and a half years for me really. And I knew what he brought to the table as far as, just his knowledge of the game, his passion for the school, for the program. Um, so I knew he had a good shot. And it was some pretty quality candidates that applied for that position. But uh, fortunately, I think we made the right choice. Well, there's
1: no doubt you made the right choice. Pat, I want to get back to you because, um, man, it must have been euphoria guiding this team, a team that has been, let's face it, at the time, they were probably the worst Division three team in the country, uh, the NJCU women's basketball team has been around 51 years. This is its 51st season, and that's the first time you've ever won. So, man, putting all that into perspective, what is it like?
0: It's a surreal feeling. It's a it's an amazing feeling, and truthfully, I'm still in shock. I, I remember back in 2008 playing for Coach Brown my first year, and uh, on the men's side, when the girls would play first, A lot of us would just hang out in the locker room and we wouldn't watch the the women's team play. And I thought that was something that needed to change Mm -hmm. because we have so much talent around here. There's no reason why we we shouldn't be bringing in that kind of talent and winning games and and putting out, you know, great product for NJSU on the floor. So when I was offered the assistant, (laughs) I believe in 2012, it was something that I was a little nervous about, didn't know if I should take it, if I should leave St. Pat's, one of the top high school programs in the country, to come over here to try to start something up. But uh, speaking with my dad, speaking with Coach Chris, they thought it would be a great idea to to try to do this and and make this the biggest goal of your life, see if you could help turn it around. And as an assistant coach, I thought we did a good job from 2012 to 2015. I believe my, our last year, 2015, we won 10 games. I don't know if they won 10 games within the last decade but uh we were getting there and I believe God had another plan for those 3 years when uh the previous coach took over but God God works in mysterious ways and God put all the right pieces in place at the right time in 2018 and it's it's just it's a, it's an amazing to actually see this happen it's amazing to see the kids actually buy in And it's amazing to see NJCU, Women's Basketball Program, actually winning games and have people talk about them. And it shows that anything can be done if you just put your mind to it and you stay dedicated and you have a vision and you stick to it and you stay persistent and consistent. Anything's possible. It also helps to –
1: you're absolutely right. It also helps to have talent, right? Any coach will tell you that. But you did it this year with young talent. That's to me what makes it even more impressive on top of how impressive it is. You started three freshmen, a sophomore, and one senior. That, that's like unheard of unless, I don't know, unless you're the Kentucky men's basketball team.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we were extremely lucky and fortunate to grab some uh, highly talented freshmen. We stayed persistent. We were at every single game of theirs. We were going to practices. And we just try to stay on them like white on rice. And we were very lucky to grab some highly talented players like Najima Holmes, Damaris Rodriguez, who is a monster, and Brianna Davis, who is a, a rising 17-year-old as a freshman, six foot three. I believe she was in the top 20 in blocks this year. And we're just lucky and fortunate to be able to, uh, to grab in these really good recruits. Because if you don't have the recruits and the players, there's no way that you'll be able to be in this kind of predicament situation right now that we're lucky enough to be in so you know very lucky we have great assistant coaches over here that work hard who love the university most of most of the people that work on our staff over here are alumni besides coach Jalil Taylor so uh we're lucky we have got a bunch of people that work here that that love the university so it's not a job to them they love what they do that you're
1: you're amen you're right about that coach speaking of talent coach Brown um NJCU is is one of the model programs. Really, like I said before, they've won more NJAC championships than any other program in the New Jersey Athletic Conference with 13. Your dad, of course, was a legend, Charlie Brown. He won five titles, is still the all-time winningest coach in NJAC history. And now this is your second title. So how special is it? And was he there in the stands when you won your second title?
2: Well, let's go with the first question. Super special uh, and a little bittersweet because we feel in the last five years, I should have three of them. <laughs> <laughs> we, lost, we lost five years ago, four years ago on the half-court buzzer beater to Ramapo. Uh, up up one with 23 seconds to go. We lost two years ago at home to Rowan. Up four with a minute and some change. So this this one felt good. It really felt good. You never um, forget the losses, Coach, huh? Sure don't, man. <laughs> sure don't. You know, I'm 2-2 two two in NJAC in finals, and I really in my heart believe I should be 4-0. Oh, but let's move on. Uh, <laughs> I'm, happy, I'm happy to get this one. Uh, it was special. It was a special night, not only because it was one of the few games that we had a full crew. Uh, you know, we had fans in the stands. There were close to 200 people in the crowd. Uh, so it really was a special night. And as far as my dad, he doesn't miss games. Uh, mm. So he was there. He's missed maybe three games my entire coaching career so far. So he was definitely in the crowd, my family, my wife, my children, brother, friends. So oh. we had a nice, yeah, we had a nice contingent of fans there to support. So it was a special night for the program.
1: Uh, what's better than that? Sharing a special moment with your family, huh? Right, right. Ah, uh, Beautiful, beautiful. So Take me in the huddle, okay? 11 Mm -hmm. seconds to go, you're down one, and Stockton misses two free throws. You call timeout. What's the play?
2: Uh, Be honest with you, I had an idea because, like Iris said, Denzel Banks had hit a shot uh, maybe three weeks prior, and I kind of thought that they were thinking that we go to Denzel Banks, so be honest with you, he was really the decoy um, the play was a play we run all the time, a high screen and roll. And I wanted Denzel to not force the shot coming off the screen and make an opposite pass to the opposite corner. And if the opposite corner wasn't open, we had a guy flashing up to the three right. for the second shot, so second pass. I mean, they executed the pass, the play, uh, but it was they, they executed exactly the way we drew it up. So it worked out. <laughs> and, it, and that doesn't happen a lot. I dread a lot of plays that don't get executed. <laughs> for <laughs> so a var- yeah, for a variety <laughs> of reasons. Makes you know, look good. That's right. It just showed their poise. Uh, it showed their commitment. It showed their poise. It showed their their, um, their p- p- how they paid attention to detail when it counted the most. And I was just real happy for Kate and Darley, who's a local guy who we recruited out of high school, who made the shot, who decided to go another route, realized he made a mistake and came back to us. So that was big. I've known Caton since he was a junior uh, in high school, at North Bergen High School. I recruited him. Uh, his senior year, we went to maybe 13, 14 of his games. Wow. We were real disappointed when he chose to go to Raritan Valley Community College, but he made the call and came back to us. And I was just really happy for him. That That is, that is a great story right there. It really mm-hmm. is. Uh,
1: Take me back the rest of the game too, coach, because this was, you know, listen, you talk about the ones that got away in the half court buzzer beater. So it's kind of like in golf, maybe somehow, some way they all even out if you're there enough times. And in this case it did, but you, you were down 21 points in the second half. You were still down 20 with like 11 minutes to go. And, And what happened what was the difference in those final 11 minutes? Because that's a pretty significant comeback.
2: Yeah. I mean, at halftime, I just talked to the guys about having pride. You know, I really didn't go crazy in the locker room because it, we were flat. Uh, we came out flat. You know, they were coming off two pretty good wins. Uh, they won at Rutgers North. They won at um, TCNJ. So they were hot. Uh, they were in tune. They were in rhythm. And we were flat. And so, you know, at the time, it just made no sense to kind of be negative during the halftime speech. I just talked to him about pride, you know, and just we've gone through. We had been through a lot to get to that point. You know, we lost our point guard, our starting point guard after the first two games, Jason Battle broke his hand. So we had a bunch of guys playing out of position uh, basically the rest of the season. So I just talked to him about pride. And this was a team that was resilient. You know, they practiced that way. They never give up. You know, coaches say that all the time, but this was really a special group. We felt it from the beginning, from October when we first started to practice. The guys were a unit. They liked each other, had fun around each other. They hung out. They hang out off the court. Uh, So if any group was going to make this kind of comeback, I'm not surprised that it was this group. And I'm just looking forward to coaching most of them next year.
1: My special guests on the Tri-State College Basketball Podcast are the men's and women's basketball coaches at NJCU, Mark Brown, Pat Devaney. Gentlemen, this was a year unlike any other due to COVID. And how were you able to navigate it successfully? I know that the women's game actually got shut down and you guys played it two weeks later. So, Pat, let me start with you because that championship game got delayed due to COVID. Am I right?
0: Yes, it got pushed back uh, two weeks. So uh, it was a little tough for us, but um, the girls understood the, uh, the mission and they, they still had the vision in mind and they knew that uh, we had an opportunity to create history and do something legendary and they never gave up on that. You know, they, they had that in their mind and the last week of practice before the Montclair game, the girls were going at each other. And it was a week of practice that I've never seen all year. It was about the first week that we actually had everybody for practice due to schedule conflicts and our practice times getting changed. But I had a feeling that after our Tuesday practice, we had a Monday and Tuesday practice, I'd look to my assistant coaches. I said, these girls are ready. They're ready to play, like right now. And then seeing the way they came out versus Montclair, told me everything I needed to know. These girls came out ready to win the game, and they weren't. They weren't, they weren't going to allow themselves to be stopped.
1: Wow. And and Mark, I understand that the men's team didn't have a single stoppage uh, or a positive COVID case this
2: year. Yeah, yeah, I'm proud of my guys. They took care of themselves off the court. Mm. Uh, we had seven guys on campus, and I had eight, had eight commuters this past year. So, you know, we stressed about, uh, you know, taking care of yourself off the court because it's going to affect everyone if we had any hiccups, especially when you get into the playoffs because, um, you know, obviously those games, they didn't turn into postponements, they turned into forfeits. So uh, I was just happy, obviously, that Wednesday when we took the the COVID, the weekly COVID test, we, I would always, I was was always nervous on Thursdays, (laughs) but we got through it. Um, And I was proud of my guys for being responsible enough and kind of staying to themselves, keeping to themselves, keeping their circle tight uh, because it was a long season, Uh, Mm -hmm. season with the playoffs, basically extended one month, just about three weeks to a month. So, you know, it was easy to have a hiccup during that time and we got through it and came out clean. So I was really, really happy for that.
1: So as great as this season was, as historic as it was, it ends on a win. It ends with a win in the championship game, but come on, you're you're both competitors. Do you wish that you could have advanced and played a division three national tournament this year like they did in division one?
2: Uh, I absolutely do. You know, one of the things we haven't had a lot of success in in previous opportunities in the NSA tournament. Uh, two of the three, obviously, we had gone into the tournament on 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 with, with with little momentum because we lost in the championship game of the conference. To go in with this kind of momentum would, would have been a different feeling. So I was disappointed, really disappointed, that we didn't have an opportunity, and that's just the goal for next year. Um, and I'm sure Pat feels the same way. Pat?
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we're we starving to touch the NCAA just to get a feel of what it's like. I mean, I started actually reaching out to people in their DMs thinking we could maybe get something going for the ECACs or something. So I really wanted this group to have a postseason after the NJAC because I thought we could do some damage in the NCAAs. But um, hopefully next year we could we could get a taste of it.
1: Right. Division one and division two both had NCAA tournaments this year. So Pat, you talk about next year, Mark next year, you know, what's returning for both programs and will you both be the favorites next year?
2: Uh, for us, we're returning everyone. Basically not sure we'll be the favorites. There's some pretty good teams. There were two teams that opted out that should be pretty good and Ramapo and Rowan. I really don't get involved in that because each year is a different year. Season has a bunch of highs and lows, uh, but we're returning. We we have a commitment from everyone that played on our roster this year. Um, but we're still recruiting, so guys are gonna have to make the team next year. All of our main contributors are returning. Um, then first team All Conference, Darian White was second team all Conference. Ryan Savoy was Rookie of the Year and honorable mention. Um, so we're looking forward to this group. Like I said, it was a real pleasure coaching this group. You know, each year you have a different group of young people. Some of you enjoy coaching more than others, to be quite honest with you. Uh, This was one of those groups that I really enjoyed coming in every day to work. I enjoyed every day of practice. Um, Very minimal issues off the court. You know, Guys are going to class, doing what they're supposed to do off the court, as well as on the court. Hard working group. It was just a lot of fun. And that's what we've talked about as a staff, how we want to just take this momentum from this season into the 21-22 year.
1: How about the women, Pat?
0: We're uh losing three seniors, but uh the recruiting class that we're gonna have come in and this is probably gonna be the best recruiting class. And I know it's it's hard to say because we had the Maris and Najima in our last recruiting class, but this year's recruiting class is looking like the monsters from Space Jam. <laughs> and and it, it, it it's shocking to even say that because it's becoming easier to recruit now. When I first got the job it was it was a little hard. Now it's it's becoming easier and like everyone says once you start winning people really start buying in and understanding that you could coach, you know the game and the kids talk and the kids tell everybody how much fun they're having over here and what we're about. So things are going great over here and I think next year we're going to be a lot lot better next year.
1: Man, that is so much to look forward to. That is so exciting the future of NJCU women's and men's basketball programs look very bright. Uh, Coach Brown, before I let you go, I, I I remember you, all right? We're about the same age. I remember you as, as a player at Siena, and mm-hmm. I re- I remember the 1989 game. You played at Siena. <laughs> you starred there, and you upset uh, Siena. That was the first time Siena was in the NCAA tournament as a 14 mm-hmm. seed, and you took down mighty Stanford. That is 32 years ago. What do you remember about that? <laughs> <Don't>, <laughs> Not trying to date ourselves. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what do you remember about that uh, still to this day? It's funny that you, you brought that up because I talked to Mike Dean this morning. My my college coach is oh. retired down in Hilton Head, South Carolina. And uh, it was just a great experience. It wasn't just the fact that we won the game. It was, it, was, it had some similarities to what we just did because it was a measles outbreak at Siena and we we had played nine games in empty gyms including the north atlanta conference championship in the Hartford civic center it was on espn in an empty gym so that was our first game with fans wow. in nine games uh so we were the underdog but we had a fearless team i had always been an underdog in my life anyway so it just didn't matter it really wasn't a good matchup uh for us stanford as far as we were concerned we were a run-and-gun team. They were kind of a half-court team. And, uh, you know, we just we just shot lights out that day. Uh, we were excited. We had a bunch of fans that drove down from the Albany area, and we were excited just to be on the court, never mind being in the NCAA tournament. So it was an exciting time for the program, for me personally, for my dean as a coach, obviously to become a national coaching figure in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just an exciting time.
1: No question. And you are still the all-time leading scorer at Siena with more than 2,200 points. Do your players know that, that your nickname is showbiz?
2: Most of them do. Okay. Um, you know, uh, thank God for YouTube. Thank God for Ira Thor posting a lot of my highlights <laughs> on our website. <laughs> That's why Ira's the best, right? He you is know, the best. He, sure is. he absolutely is. And, uh, yeah i mean now with this digital age you know you can kind of just google people and look at wikipedia pages and all that kind of stuff and with social media there's so much access to so much that's what i kind of tell my dad i wish you know he had all that stuff when he was coming up so i could see some of the things he accomplished Uh, it'd be pretty cool but no it's we have a lot of fun with it uh obviously pat played for me so back then i was i often would play i was still playing so We had a lot of fun on the court playing against each other and competing too
1: all right pat pat you have to tell me when 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 mark brown played against you guys did the did the intensity level just rise
0: oh yeah every time coach played because coach is a he's a fierce competitor he hates losing Mm -hmm. right he definitely doesn't want to lose to any of us and he always gets the first pick (laughs) <laughs> of course when you get the first pick he's always picking the best big guy that sets these beautiful ball screens that he could get off and I always stuck coach because I mean I had a bad elbow and then I wanted to get back at Adam for playing time but he was going, <laughs> I used to love it because I used to see I used to see him when I was 8, 9, 10 years old when he played for my dad's team throwing no look passes over there he would have the crowd going crazy so I knew coach when I was a young kid and he was a he was a hell of a basketball player I see him give nba guards the business so just being able to play for him and coming back to njcu after all i've been through i mean god works in mysterious ways and he put coach back in my life for a reason so it's 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 definitely a privilege and an honor to be next to him to win a championship with him and definitely to see how he grew how he grew as a coach himself and these kids are so lucky well they don't i don't think they understand how lucky they are to even be able to play for him and have a coach like him who was such a good player and gives these kids the free will to just play the game how how the game's supposed to be played without a leash. on.
1: Amen. And I I will leave that with the last word. Pat Devaney, Mark Brown, thank you for a few laughs and thank you for uh, the memories that you've created this year for NJCU men's and women's basketball programs. Thank you for coming on the Tri-State College Basketball Report. Thanks Thank for you. having me. All right. And that is a wrap on episode six of the Tri-State College Basketball Report. My thanks to Mark Brown and Pat Devaney, men's and women's basketball coaches at NJCU, and to my man Ira Thor for helping to set it all up. My name is Brian Dinovelis. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Brian Dino. Thanks for listening to the Tri-State College Basketball Podcast. So long.